Hey, you're listening to Chew On That, and here's what we're chewing on today. So when we left off, having left Priscilla in charge of the church at Ephesus, Paul went to Jerusalem for Passover. Didn't stay long. He only stayed long enough to come up with a plan for funding all these churches that were popping up. And he did that by convincing the church in Jerusalem to send regular offerings to those churches. So when Apollos went to Corinth, Paul returned to Ephesus. I want to talk about that today in a message we're calling The Purge. Welcome to Chew on That. My name is Pastor Scott. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church here in Green Bay. And you're listening to Chew on That, where we rehash uh, the most recent message from Life Church in De Pere. Uh, this week, it's Pastor Sean speaking, um, continuing in a series, Defining the Church, um, with a message that he calls The Purge, although not the scary movie. I think it's about something else. Today, my guests are uh, friends of mine, Ben and Haley Burr. Say hello. Hi, guys. Hello. I'm glad that you guys are here. So I'm, I don't know how many people know, but yeah, I feel like everyone should know you because you guys are so great. But maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Yeah. So we're Ben and Haley yep. again. Um, we are so pumped. We love Pastor Scott and just getting this podcast weekly and all this awesome information and just chatting about it. Yes. So um, so good. Yeah. What's cool about us, babe? Um, Where are you guys from? Yeah. All right, so Ben and I have lived here together, married for 10 years in Wisconsin, but I am originally from um, Kansas. Yeah. So Ben came to college, and oh, this is a very condensed it's, it's version. Totally okay. Just, yes. Yeah. So, go condensed, but we got to so give a little info. So we met at college in Kansas. Yep. What um, college? Sterling College. <gasps> it's a, I love Sterling College. Oh, I'm so glad you know I have it. No idea. What yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, small um, Christian college, but we were both there on sports scholarships. Yeah. I was playing softball. He was playing football. Um, Shut up, really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never yeah. knew that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, had, had some skills. Huh. <laughs> what do you know about that? Back in the day. So we uh, we met. It was Senior like year. crazy timing because a super small school. Yep. And we hadn't really met each other until it seemed like the best time. And yep. it was our senior year. Um, and I had my daughter, Bella. And so I was really just trying to finish school. Like, I'm getting through. I'm going to finish school. And along came, comes this handsome fella. He is really good looking. I mean, really? Is <laughs> yeah. he not? All right. Um, <laughs> so. Um, ben, where are you from originally? I am from Wisconsin. I've been, I mean, I was born in Denver, Colorado for, and lived in Colorado for two years and then been in Wisconsin the rest of my life. So which part? Um, like all over, all over, but I, I would say the second half of my younger years, I grew up in the Valley gotcha. with the high school at Valley Christian. And, uh, yeah. Then from there went to Sterling college. Go Silvers. Yep. Warriors. Close. Warriors. Close. I was so close. You yep. were close. Go Silvers. So nice. <laughs> did you grow up a church person, Haley? So I did not grow up um, going to church, but I always had this desire or want to like know God hmm. as crazy as that is. And I don't know if that was like just really implanted in me just going to a VBS when I was little because my parents did send me to that. They weren't like against that. But I just remember as a kid always wanting to know God mm -hmm. and knowing that when I died, I wanted, I wanted to go to heaven. Mm. 
So that continued because I really didn't have a good church to go to and grow in until I was a junior in high school. Um, So I was like trying, but I really didn't know how and I didn't have any mentors really helping me or guiding me until um, my volleyball coach my junior year of high school came into my life. I rededicated and or really first time gave my life to Jesus Hmm. with her. Um, she was from Sterling College. She's pretty yeah, cool. See, see yeah, the tie, cool. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, totally changed the trajectory of my life. Um, ended up going to Sterling College because of her. Wow. Just super mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Um, all her family was there. Um, so yeah, that really changed the trajectory of my life. And that's how, I mean, the Lord came into my life. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. So then you guys, you meet at Sterling. Yep. Go Warriors. Yes. Go Warriors. You Swords graduate. Up. Yep. Then what? You came here? So after we graduated, we were we had we had met our senior year, October, knew we wanted to get married by December or January. Yep. Like we were and, and at that time I had a kid. Yep. So I was like not playing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, hey, either Bella was what, six months? Yeah, when we met she was like seven months seven old. Seven months old. So yep. I'm like, hey, I'm not playing around. So either this is long term yep. or it's not. Yeah. So we like you know, hung out like crazy, got to know each other and then decided, yeah, I can introduce you to Bella. Yep. And then it was like, okay, we're getting married. Yeah, it was, and we were crazy in love, it was like for real. crazy. And right away. I can't believe we both graduated. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. we yeah. like didn't, we like, it was so hard to go to class. We just wanted to be together all sure. the time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it was a miracle. We it graduated. Was. It was definitely a miracle. Um, and then we got engaged. So we would, right after graduation, we, Went to live with my parents, yep. who live in Kansas. Um, he had a stable job. My dad did for Ben. Yep. So for we're the, like, you know what? We'll live with my summer. parents yep. for three months in the summer. And we lived in separate bedrooms with my parents, right? Yep. Then we got engaged <laughs> that summer. Yep. Then we're like, you know what? Let's move to Wisconsin. Yep. Total shock to my family, everyone. Moved to Wisconsin. Yep. And we decided to live with Ben's parents for three more months before wow, we get married. We get married yep. So we, before we got married, we lived with my parents yep. and his parents in separate bedrooms, trying to parent Bella together. Yeah. Craziness. Yep. And wow. then we got married. So after graduation, we were married by, we got married in December, December yep. at Lambeau Field. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It was awesome. Yeah. So, and then until recently, Ben, you were working... Uh, at the Rawhide Boys Ranch. Yes, as a counselor. Yep, uh, for for about about four fourish years, I was a professional youth care worker. Worked in the homes with the guys, and then for the last two and a half, three years, I worked in the school. I was a PE instructor. Gotcha. And taught other classes as well. I see. And I loved it. And now God's changed my path, and I'm going to be teaching PE and Bible and some other classes at um, Valley Christian in Oshkosh. Go Warriors. Yes. It I, is the Warriors. It is the Warriors. That is not a joke. No. No. It is. <laughs> this is it awesome. actually awesome. is true. That's yes. super yeah. funny. Yeah. And what about you? So I, when we got married, we had Bella. So I dabbled a little bit in work. <laughs> Is yep. that funny? Um, had part-time jobs and then decided we wanted Bella to have a sibling. So we, we had Brielle, um, which is a, we could do another podcast on that because yeah. she was a yes, preemie, that would be. micro preemie. Actually, I had her when I was 25 weeks pregnant. And so mm. we're here, we are not even a year married. Yep. Right. And then 
we have this preemie baby that we're told has 50% chance to live. She was only not even two pounds. So this tiny baby, but I mean, our faith grew like so much, so much, so much, so much. And so it was pretty cool. I mean, just God. We experienced a lot of miracles. So many. So that's why it would be its own podcast. It would. Like one episode just for that. I actually kept a blog during that. Oh, nice. It it was actually when like Caring Bridge, you know, like that was kind of out. And so many people were asking. And the videos on YouTube. Yeah. So I kind of just, it's really cool though now to look back and have like all those updates and stuff to mm-hmm. look at yeah. um, because we remember like all those little things, kind of like keeping a journal, yeah. you know, you remember, it makes you remember because time goes and you forget and, yeah. but it built our faith so much. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I don't know what the question was <laughs> now. So you are a stay at home mom. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. we had Brielle, we were in the hospital with her for a hundred days um, and we spent our one year anniversary. She was in the hospital. Mm. Um, and then, so I have mostly been home with the kids. Um, Up I, until just a couple years ago. Yeah. So, and then, but then we had one more. We yep. had Bowen, yep. our third, when Brielle was um, not even two. So, um, yeah. And it was, I loved, I loved being a mom and staying home with the kids. Yeah. I felt like that was just my thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I always had these little like side hustles, you know, I would like <laughs> sell this or Legal. that or teach Zumba classes yep. or, and, and it was just enough to like keep me sane with the kids, but I yeah. wanted to be home with them. Yeah. I love that. And so that's what we did and mm-hmm. we made it work. It wasn't always awesome and financially we weren't always stable, but we, it was good. That's, I wanted to be home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah, that's what we did. And until Bowen, our youngest, um, entered preschool, I started working at the kids' school. I see. So I, I was kind of teacher's aide when he was in school. Um, and now he's in second grade and I will be full-time teacher's aide this year. Um, but I am working towards my teaching certificate. So I would like to teach nice. school. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we're all Great at the same story. school. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Okay, so let's jump in. As I say, we're going to listen awesome. to um, bits and pieces uh, from Sean's um, message. I do this thing sometimes where I don't know why. I needed to pick up my phone so I could play Sean's soundbite, but then yeah. I see that I have messages, and then I read the messages, yep. yeah. and then I have this emotional response in the messages. Right. Anyway, Squirrel. that's just what happened. Yeah, yeah truly. Anyway, yeah. we're going to listen to the first one right now. All right. And for a period of a few months, the message again spread like fire. But by the spring of 53 AD, the synagogue started to fill with pagans who were hungry to hear the message. As their seats began to fill, as the space began to be overwhelmed by these pagans, the traditional Jews began to cause problems. Uh, A while ago, my brother and I, my brother uh, is uh, my best friend. Uh, my brother. He's like my spiritual godfather. Hmm. I have memories of being young with my brother more so than I have memories of being young with my dad. Not that my dad was a bad dad or not present dad. He was around, but he was like, I was the youngest. He was already like, I'm done with this business, right? And so like anything that I learned how to do or developed a passion for, I learned from my brother. Anyway, he uh, um, retired from being a financial planner. He did really well for himself and now is like the business pastor or something at Spring Lake, cool. which is a church here in town. Anyway, we get into a fight every now and again mm-hmm. as we talk about like, what's the purpose of church? Hmm. For him, church 
specifically on a Sunday, I think, is is to um, is for the um, the formation and the um, and the development of believers. And I'm like, I think it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. everybody should come on a Sunday. Yeah. If you want to like a special class just for the believers, like have that on a Tuesday, right? Right, or like whatever. Yeah. Because right? I mean, they're already in. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if someone's searching. You know, trying to find their way. I feel like Sunday is when they would, oh, I'm really at the bottom of my rope. Right. Mm-hmm. End of my rope, bottom of the barrel. Like, I feel like I should try church. And yeah. so they're going to come. A lot of hurting but, people go yes. to church. Yep. And so if church is for the believer and it's all like, it feels like a country club when you walk in. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't belong here. Yep. Right. They're not going to come back on Tuesday right. yep. for a special class. They came for church and church doesn't feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think of that when I think of what Sean just said about you know, Paul and the and the pagans and the, you know, Gentiles and everybody else taking up room mm-hmm. in the church. And you could see where, like, you know, Ben, you grew up in the church. Like, that's a thing, yep. right? Like, what are you yep. doing in my seat? Get yep. out of my seat. Yep. This is where this is where I sit. Yep, definitely. You know, and I feel like church, not just our church, I'm not, and I'm not trying to pick out Spring Lake at all, because I, I feel they do a fantastic job. Right. They've got a, a branch downtown, and Pastor Bill does a great job. Pastor Jack, so please don't hear me, Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, talking crap mm-hmm. about Spring Lake. I love Spring Lake, but just it's just between me and my brother about what the purpose is. And I feel like that's the problem with church right now, mm-hmm. that the world is hurting more now, or as much, certainly as much now than ever mm-hmm. before. Yeah. But people aren't going to feel welcome at church if it's country clubby, you know? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Totally. I mean, we talk about that, Ben and I do often, like, hey, if we brought, you know, our unchurched friends, someone who doesn't know Jesus, would they want Jesus after they come to our church service? Yeah. Would they want more of him? Mm-hmm. And I would like to say, you know, we've been part of churches that do a great job at that, or at least strive for that, yeah. you know? And because that's what we want ultimately, right? Is for people who we love or don't love or whatever to come to know Jesus. Yeah. That's what we want. Yep. So once, once you're there, I feel like, you know, we can give you mentors or go to classes or, you know, the Holy Spirit works in you to grow you. But man, we just need to get people saved, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's where it starts. And there's an urgency now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is. is. There's so much opportunity right now. But yeah, church, especially from that clip and what you said, being a country club, then I have a friend that always says, yeah, churches shouldn't be a, he actually says that it shouldn't be a country club. It should be, it's more of a hospital. Yeah. Where it's it's open for people that are sick and hurting and yep. like that's yeah, more to check your membership card. No, there's no dress code. Right. No, nope. you know there's no. I mean, come on. Yep, right. exactly. And, and yeah, then you once you get there, then you have you know you're offering people discipleship courses and you know I feel like our church does a great job of that of like yeah. hey okay you just accepted Christ but guess what that's just the start and then right. helping them and help like that's where. I think it is hard for with our culture is to help people. Okay, now you got to take that next step. It's still on them. Like we we do as much as we can in our church to help people to get that discipleship, but it still is that decision. Okay, now I got to go talk to people about this that I made this decision. Um, but I love the fact that I know our church does not turn anyone down. Yeah, like the pagans, as the word right. says. Like right. right? Yeah. So, but I love that we were talking about that on the way here. That clip, like. Like people, like cookie cutter, we say. There's a lot of churches that's it's cookie cutter. Yep. And you feel like you can even feel that when you come in. Yep. I talked to a buddy that talked about that, that. He said, man, some churches, yeah, you feel that right when you walk in. And the fact that I think that's important. Right when you walk in, how do you feel? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I think it's huge that the people, the believers share our struggles. That too. Yeah. You know, we're open. We're not perfect. No one's claiming to be the pastor on stage is real. And you know, the person who's teaching this in this class talks about their struggles. Right. You know, right. That's so, that's so important. Yeah. What do you think? Cause you guys kind of represent a demographic that's difficult to reach. Right. And I feel like the people that look like you, you know, they maybe didn't, you know, go to, you know, a Christian high school mm-hmm. or a Christian college yep. or whatever. Right. Like th- that's a population that I feel like is like, they're done with people's bull crap. Mm. Yep. You know, they're done Definitely. with church's bull crap. They're done with authorities bull crap, yep. you know, but they still feel like, but I'm still missing something, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so like, what does church need to look like? Or how does church need to work to reach people like your buddies or people like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like what is, yeah. what are the, what are the, I mean, I'm not trying to call them pagans, but like, right. yeah, you know, just for the sake of this conversation, what are pagans, what are pagans looking for? How can we make our churches better? I mean, I love what we're doing now, just with the pocket church meeting, talking, being real with people like yeah. that. I feel like there's so much validity in just being real with people. You know, and I, I guess, are you trying to say Ben and I are like hip, trendy, young people, right? <laughs> well, I'm more you than Ben. Oh, yeah. yeah you're, that's, you're, that's true. I mean, <laughs> that's true. Funny. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I mean, just being real with people. A lot of times, you know, we share a story. Ben will say he goes to, he went to Christian high school. We were in Christian college, but we have this story. Like we have this story that we have our struggles, what we've been through. Mm-hmm. And I think just being open, transparent, and just real with people. And that is what's powerful is we get that from the top down here at Life Church. Yeah. Share your yeah. story. Like God gives us so much power with their testimony. Because yep. you can't argue testimony. Like people can go in and argue about church in a lot of different ways. But when you tell someone your story and your testimony and what you experienced in life, yeah, I went to Christian high school, Christian college, but I experienced other stuff in life. Yep. You know, even at that college, I experienced a lot of different stuff. Um, especially because there's a lot of, it was an athletic college, you know, athletes are a certain way when they're in college. Um, so yeah, you tell someone your story, but say, Hey, but God got me through that and you know, I'm better on the other side now, but because, because of God's grace, I mean, it always comes back to the grace. And I I was also going to just say the, the thing we were talking about with the, that, that sound clip with the pagans and stuff is a lot of it was because the Jews were about the law. They're always about the law, living under the law. And Jesus came to break that. It was like, hey, we're not living about under the law anymore. Like we're the new covenant. And Paul was really passionate about that too. And um, what were we talking about with that? Just how like that is what Jesus is. Yeah. Not living this legalistic. Yes. Yeah cookie cutter life. Like he is about living free in yes, him. That's what it was. He wants it to look a certain way. There's some rules that he wants us to have, but it's for our benefit, but it's like, it's, it is about freedom. That's yeah. what's so well, cool. That's, that's it. If you're living under the law all the time, you're, you're never going to be good enough yeah. living under the law. We couldn't do that. That's right. trying to be perfect. Right. There's no way we could do that. But because Jesus came and we have that grace, now we can have that relationship with him and meet him there. In yeah. the kingdom, which is so, I mean, that that's the freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, because even like, because you, you brought up Paul, and I love just where we are right now with Paul and yeah. Romans and, and Acts and everything. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the, 
the law is fine for the people who the law was intended for. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, yep. you know, if you were, if you came up Jewish, right. There's, I mean, the law is perfect for you, mm-hmm. but, you but if you're a pagan or a Gentile, Gentile you don't yep. have to like become a Jew. Right. And then follow the law to become a Christian. You can just mm-hmm. like skip the Jewish part mm-hmm. and just be a Christian. Right. right? There's no reason for you to be circumcised or follow the law. Yep. Yeah. But if you're Jewish, right, by descent or by choice, right, I mean, sure, that's fine. But know that, that the, the law isn't what makes you righteous, right. mm-hmm. you know, for Jesus Christ. Or, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know I mean, that, that's still a matter of grace and not in faith and not a matter of acts or your words. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's good Very stuff. Very good. So I'm, I'm just going to add this. I was just yeah. thinking this and it's, it's a lot lighter, but you know, how do we reach people? I just like, don't be weird. Mm. You know, like, like just be yourself. Like, like always like, churchies. Like we talk about, here, yep. you know, don't like, just don't be weird. I don't know. That yeah. might be too easy to say. About. No, no, no. I'm with you. 100%. Mm-hmm. You can feel churchy people. Yeah. Like you said the second you meet them. Yep. Right. Yep. Like, praise God. I just want to bless you. Like I just want okay. Right. Just yeah. Hang on a second. Right. You know, like, not that, um, again, I feel bad. Like, there's no, we're with, with that, you. But I just feel like. Yep. I got, I mean, I got close friends and family. That's, it is. I mean, there is something though, when you're living a Jesus life for so long though, you do, you are going to start talking different. Right. But then there's that part that like being that real fact, like you said, being yeah, just, being just real. be, yeah. be real with the people yeah. that aren't church people. Yeah. I feel like people, I feel like people like you respond to, uh, Authenticity, transparency, and genuineness. Yeah, is yeah. that the word? Sure. You know? Sounds good to me. But yeah, just like, hey, don't come at me with your crap because I see right through your crap. Yeah. Yes. You know, just come at me, like, and then, like you say, this one of the things I love about Sean, right? Sean mm-hmm. does not hide. Not no. only what he did 30 years ago, he doesn't hide what he did last exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. that he falls short, you know? That's why I love invite. We love inviting people because we feel like we can. Like yeah. you said, like, Hey, this person doesn't know Jesus. I have no, I'm excited for this person to come to church where yeah. sometimes you're like, I remember growing up in the church, like, Oh, I don't know if I want this person to or come to hear this message yeah. or something. You know like, what I, I mean? Don't, I don't yeah. even worry about that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. I'd love that. Good job, you guys. So as Paul would share the facts and the details about Jesus' life, his listeners would regularly write his words on scraps of papyrus. Not wanting to lose these teachings, rather than taking the time to rewrite them on a continuous scroll, as was common everywhere else in the world at that point, some of Paul's students began collecting each other's writings, and they gathered them in stacks, and they sewed them together on the edge. Thus, the Codex style, which would go on to become the universal style for books in the centuries to come, began in Ephesus as these Christian notebooks. I feel like I learn better. I understand better if I hear other people's opinions or other people's interpretations of things. Like I, mm. I, I'm, I, I get so much more if I could sit around a table and talk about something than just trying to read it in myself. And I'm a relatively smart person, like not the super smartest, but like I'm, you know, but I, I feel like when I hear other people, I'm like, oh, oh mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. Like I yeah. love, I feel like that's, and so that's what I love about this, this soundbite because I just feel like, even Paul's early followers are like, let's keep all this together in mm-hmm. one place. You yep. know what I mean? So that we can learn from one another. Yeah. So as we talk about pocket churches and everything else, I feel like, you know, that's what that's all about. Or that's what LC downtown is all about. Mm-hmm. Like, let's sit around a table, yep. you know, have community and then talk about this for a yeah. second. Yeah. Because I just feel like we get so much deeper into yep. it than if we just sat in a pew in a lecture format. Yeah. And then leave. Right. Right when it's done. And then leave. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And so I just, 
I mean, and I feel like going back to your pagan friends. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like that would re- that would resonate with them as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You like I want I want someone to hear my opinion. I want to be heard. I just don't want to like be spoken to. Yeah. Right. You know. Yep. And I think that that's like asking the first question. You know, like if someone were to come to our house and they didn't know Jesus, I'm going to ask them a question. Like, hey, what did you think about that? Yeah. You know, and see what their response is. Like, I value your opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I value it. I value what you're saying, and that's how you give people that. Like. I'm with you here. We're in a, we're in a relationship. I care about you this. I care about your opinion and we might not share the same one, but I might have something to learn from yours. Yeah. 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 Cause I feel like people have a, have the assumption that if they walk into a church, people are going to like judge them for who they are, what they are, what they're wearing, where they work, where they play. You know what I mean? So they, they like there. So this idea that you'd come into a church and have someone interested in what you have to say. Yep. Most people don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they just have this assumption that people are just going to judge them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why people joke about like, oh, I can't go there because the place will burn to the ground if I walk through the yep. doors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I grew up with my my dad would always say, um, you know, I can't go to church because I have to get right first. Mm. That's, yep. that's what I heard my whole life. That's what I mostly knew about church yeah. was that you needed to get right first, get right with God, as he would say, and then you could go to church. Yep. Yeah. So this goes back to what you said, mm-hmm. right about your guy friend that called church a country club and it should be a hospital. That's akin then to saying, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I can't go to the hospital until I'm well. Yeah. I'll right. go to the hospital yeah. when I'm exactly. well. Exactly. Right. Like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm yeah. not saying your dad's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, no. yeah. Yeah, he's, that was the old, old right. dad. Yep. But yeah. Scripture says, come as you are, right? Yeah. And even saying that to people, just, oh, don't worry about it. Just come, come as you are. Yeah. Like, those words are powerful. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, growing up, I don't know why I'm going on this thing with my dad, but I feel like it'll resonate with people that my, I, my dad grew up, I, he was an alcoholic my whole life. Mm-hmm. So he would only go to church sometimes if he had been sober for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. like almost like he had to be sober first, prove that he could to God and then go to church. Wow. But if he would have been just going to church through his struggles, through the hangover, through and just who knows, maybe he would have gotten clean sooner and come, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying that that church was a certain way, but a lot of legalistic churches, you they know that he already knew the feel of that church. Mm -hmm. And I kind of do know like. It was a small town church. You can know, like, you feel the judgment, like you said. Right. He felt the judgment, so he felt like, okay, I can't go there. And it is different in a small town. But, like, I mean, a lot of people do feel that, or if they know someone who's out doing something, they're going to go judge on them. Yeah. Um, Which is obviously different if you're a believer and non-believer and how you deal with that. Right. But just, I know, yeah, a lot of people, they're like, nope, I can't. I can't do that unless and I feel if good. If you're feeling that, yep. you're going to look for evidence of being judged, right? right. So if you yep. sit down you're and someone scoots over, they might just be scooting so you have room and so you feel welcome. But you're thinking, oh, great, that person thinks I'm something. Right? Yep. Or right. someone looks at you a certain way and they might just be looking at you because, or looking past you at the yep. person behind yeah. you. you know? yep. But yep. when you're feeling sensitive to that, you're going to look for every evidence to prove your doubt or prove yep. your, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that, I mean, that goes to more than just going yep. to church. It's, yeah. I mean, that's a bigger issue. But, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why it's important for us as believers, though, to be like, okay, there's gonna be a lot of people coming to church that feel this way. We got to make sure that we are just showing them so much love and kindness, because that that feeling right there that they're getting just from us talking to them yeah. and saying hi, even and yeah. just with a smile, they're gonna be like, okay, I'm going back here. Yeah, and that's why it's a big deal. But yeah, with the pocket churches, I mean, that conversation and there's more relationship right away, which is cool. 
a lot of people are craving that relationship. Yep. You don't feel like just a number. Um, I actually feel like we're sharpening our tools during this time because we're, we're sharpening our tools to be more intentional and relational with people. Then hopefully when the church opens back up the building yeah. that maybe, yeah, hopefully more of the body of Christ is going to be sharpened up. So then we're prepared for doing it differently. Yeah. Yeah. But these ex-pagans, they had once wore spells next to their skin and they were looking for something to speak to their superstitions and to strengthen their weakened faith. And I wonder what you have in your life that's just there to speak to your superstitions. What card or carving or statue are you using to strengthen your weakened faith? Did you ever go back and watch a movie that you loved when you were younger and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a horrible movie. All like, the time. Like, like not the content, but just like the production value and the acting and the directing. You're like, oh my land. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. We do that with our kids all the time. We're like, oh, this is our favorite yeah. movie. You have to watch this <laughs> yeah. movie. Yeah. And, then, and then our kids are all pumped for this movie and when we look at each other like, Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> this is so bad. Yeah, we're reliving some childhood movies with them and we're like, oh, some of them were good and some were like, oh my gosh. And some of them are like dirty. Like you're oh, like, I yeah. Even know. oh yeah. Like if you go back and watch Goonie, Goonies, yeah. oh, Goonies, there's so much bad language <laughs> yep. in there. Even Home Alone, they're yep. like so horrible I to know. each other in that movie. We're yep. like, what are these ratings? PG. Yep. <laughs> what the heck? Yep. It's a different, different era. That's and yeah, funny. even the parents in those movies yeah. were like bad. We're like, oh my gosh. And being a parent now. You're like, oh my gosh, these parents are so bad. <laughs> so, so bad. bad. So bad. That's funny. You know? <laughs> so recently I went back and watched a movie called Luther. Uh, um, not the TV series with, what's his name? He's English. Is it the movie, the like the Martin Luther one? Yes. So it was Luther with uh, um, Joseph Fiennes, I think, plays Luther. Rafe Fiennes is the older one. He was in Schindler's List. But Joseph Fiennes. Yes, I've seen that one. The one I, you're talking about. Yeah. And so I remember it being really good. I remember loving it anyway, but I wanted to like revisit that as like, I don't know, like mm. because I'm deeper in my faith now yep. and like, oh my gosh, it's so bad. Yep. It is such bad acting. It is such bad directing. Like I fell asleep dreaming of ways that I would reshoot the movie because it was just so bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I thought of it because, you know, this, this topic was, you know, sort of a keystone for Luther and the idea of where he was with the Catholic church and um, please don't hear me dismissing the Catholic church or the Lutheran church or anything. It, just, mm-hmm. but it, it was around these facts, yeah. right? This idea of relics or this idea of idols or this idea of, you know, you know, the Catholic church was trying to raise money to build St. Peter's yeah. at that time. And so yeah. they would sell indulgences, meaning that you could like give a certain amount of money mm-hmm. And you state the name of someone who's already been is already dead. Yep. And that that gets them out of purgatory. Yep. And right into heaven. So you 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 know find their way day. by their way there. Yeah. 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 And so and Luther was like, this isn't in the Bible, you guys. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yep. And so and the same was true of like you know the trinkets and the things. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is you know kind of a thing for me too because like I um if you go to my car like I've got uh, a lot of Jiminy Cricket stuff. Because as I was trying to relate to people how I felt about the Holy Spirit, I would always tell them about how I feel like the Holy Spirit, not as much a dove or a ghost or 
stained glass rays of yep. light, but was in fact more like Jiminy Cricket was to Pinocchio, more than even just a conscience. Like he didn't just tell Pinocchio when he was wrong; like he guided Pinocchio when he was lost. Yeah. And he comforted Pinocchio mm-hmm. when he was hurting, and like like so. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being a Paraclete in Greek. Like a friend or a companion yep. who walks alongside, like that's much more than a dove for me. Like, mm-hmm. So, like I always use Jimmy Cricket as yeah. an illustration. Anyway, so you could say, Scott, why do you have so many cards and tools <laughs> and things of Jimmy Cricket? But I'm not. I don't think that my pins of Jimmy Cricket or my little statue of Jimmy Cricket or my patch of Jimmy Cricket holds intrinsic or holy or sacred value. Mm-hmm. Right. It just reminds me. Yeah. You know, this is who God is for me. And so when I think about. You know, these, this, the high church model with their statues and their trinkets. And mm-hmm. that, trinkets, not, and that sounds like I'm dismissive, but I don't mean, but like small things, right? right. That I think it started with, hey, I'm just want to be reminded of this. Mm-hmm. But somewhere along mm-hmm. the line, we forgot about the symbolism of those things yep. and just focus on just having the thing. And we focus on them, yep. 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 And so like, you know, so we had this discussion last night at LC downtown about how like, so we're talking about like what, what inanimate object has value, has holy or sacred value. And so like it, we got all the way down to holy water, right? Just holy water. I'm like, it's mm. still, it's still just water though. Yeah. You know, it's a symbol of God's love right. or a symbol yep. of God's grace or symbols of God's, yep. you know, cleansing, but really it's still just a cup of water. Right. Yep. You know? And so like, I feel like anytime we put anything sacred, it just distracts us from this sacredity sacredness <laughs> of Jesus or yep. of God. Yep. Right? Like if anything else is sacred, then how sacred is God? If there's yep. anything I can create yep. with my own hands, if I can fashion a, a clay statue of Jesus and I feel like that could be sacred, well now how sacred is God if mm-hmm. I just... Right. Yep. Because in the Muslim faith, there's no statues in the Muslim faith. Like there's just like nothing of Allah, nothing of Muhammad, nothing of like, there's just, they, they don't have that. Yeah. And I don't think Jewish people, my friend Rabbi Matt, could help me, but like I don't think, like I don't think right. you walk into a synagogue and there's statues of God or statues of Moses or anything. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel like because I feel like when God talked about graven images in the Ten Commandments, He wasn't talking about hey, don't make a gold calf. I think He was right. saying don't try to replicate Me with your own hands because mm-hmm. you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll never be able to get everything of Me. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like Putting we do that with our there. faith. Yep. Mm-hmm where we have things that mean more to us than our actual thing. Like, oh, I really like this worship song. Why are we not singing? Because I'm really mad at Pastor Jonathan right now because there's some songs I really like that I'm mad that we don't really even do. Like, <laughs> Reckless Love is a really big song for me and I really uh-huh. love that song. Yeah. And Jonathan's like, I don't know. It seems too self-centered. I'm like, what? That's the stupidest thing. I'm like, hey, I really like Holy Water, right? Because it feels like an anthem of like, rest. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's like, I don't know. I don't really feel like it's a corporate. So we really I like, will say, I do like Holy Water. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, so there you go, John. I like that Man. one. <laughs> anyway, but like so we, we do that, right? We do that with yeah. the temperature of church. We do that. Yep. Why is the music oh, so loud? So many why things. Is there laser lights and yep. fog machines. Why mm-hmm. is, does pastor wear sneakers? Yep. Right? Like, wait a minute. Like, I, there's people that have left this church. Oh yeah. Because there's not there's no crosses on the walls. Yep. Why are there no crosses? Yep. Wow. What does that have to do with yep. anything? Wow. Yeah. We can turn anything into that. I mean, we could turn the fact like microphones. Like I'm insane. Like you right. can pick anything and turn it into right. being not holy enough, or you know that it is holy. Right. And right. it's like it's the name of Jesus. It's the name of the Jesus. name of Jesus. When you're heal, like praying for healing on somebody, you can yeah, you can put water on them or oil. Sure. But guess what? It's the name of Jesus that yep. the healing's coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. It was just more normal in that culture to pray with oil. Right. But me putting my hands on you and just praying. 
I better be make sure I'm using the name of Jesus right. for that. Because I don't know for sure, because I'm old, but not old enough to know. But I feel like first century church, like there were no, I mean, it was like, a, it was like four people at someone's house around the mm-hmm. table. Yeah. Right. Here's a little thing that we know that Jesus said. Let's talk about that. A second. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with statues nope. or incense or candles or bells or hmm. it's all stuff that we add because we want, we, 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 I feel like we try to achieve the grandeur of God. Mm. We try to honor God with grandeur. Right? Hmm. So I think about like Notre Dame, right? Like yep. not the high school, but like the church. The co- or the church, yeah. Right. <laughs> the not the college. Either. I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> but like I think about like how beautiful that place yeah. is. Right. I understand like we try to build that to like be representative of God, mm-hmm. but it's still just. You know, a bunch of dudes putting bricks That's together. Right. Yep, it's so true. So there's nothing sacred about that space. I love right. how Sunny lately has been talking about the sacredness of home. Yep. That's the mm. most sacred place in the world. Exactly. Yeah. With your spouse and with your kids. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's everything. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about it. that. Oh, we have our front porch quiet time together, we call it. And we were saying, like, honestly, this with the way the world is right now, again, another opportunity for the church. If everyone can take seriously their home, their own personal dirt as their own, like, church right now and mission field with their kids and everything yes. the church itself is going to thrive better than ever yes mm-hmm. because we'd be so much more intentional just about our little church world that we have which god wants us to do with our kids and if yeah. every jesus person and family was focused on that mm-hmm. i mean we'd be seeing well, change because yeah. that's where the change comes from and we're sitting out there just on our front porch and I'm like, okay, this neighbor, do we know them? Yeah. Have we, have we met them? Yeah. Well, what about this neighbor? Oh yeah. We're, well, their yep. kids have come over, yep. you know, like, yeah. and so I'm like, I want to like essentially quote unquote, like touch every home yeah, we're that's saying our our, block. on our, on our yep. street. Yes. And I don't go up to them and just talking about Jesus. I just talk to them, yeah. you know, like yep. get to know them. I mean, we've talked to our neighbor next door for three years. Yeah. We have a great relationship with them. But very small talk, yeah, you know, right. but the day might come but we're like, we because we're be building ready for that it, yeah. relationship. We're building that with them where yes. we, he, they might ask us the tough questions. Yeah. And so, you want them to, like you yeah. want them to. Yes, definitely. Heck yeah. So it's like, and, and even though our home, right, we'll go back mm-hmm. to our home, our home isn't grandeur and big and, yeah. and great. Nope. But just having a bunch of people in our living room talking about real stuff, talking about Jesus, well, that's so that's holy, not because of the our house is awesome, yep. but because Jesus is there. Yeah, I love that. There's this book called The Art of Neighboring, Building Genuine mm. Relationships Right Outside Your Door by a dude named Jay Pathak. I don't know if I'm mm. saying that right. But uh, it's a fantastic book talking about this very thing. Mm. We've lost our way as a church. And now I'm talking about church with a big C, like yeah. the Capital. global yeah. church. You yeah. know what I mean? And I'm talking about lost our way here at Life Church sometimes. I feel like it's, mm. I mean, like, as uh, I'm one of the administrators for the Facebook page because I post things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I see when we get mail. And, like, once a week, when are we getting back to church? Mm. When are we getting back yeah. to church? And and I love church. Like, yep. I love yeah. being in church. I love sitting next to my wife mm-hmm. and watching her worship. Yep. And I yeah. love I love all these things, right? But that's not our faith. Right. And so people are like, I want to get back to my faith. I feel like that's what they're asking. When can we get back to church? Because they want to get back to their faith. I'm like, listen, it's not church's responsibility. It's not, it's not Sean's responsibility. It's not, you know, Pastor Mm -hmm. Dallas's responsibility. Like you're the church. Sunday is like a celebration of our faith together in the community. It's not the, it's not the, so if we start treating our faith where we just do it for an hour on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. Then, as we've been saying lately, that's a hobby and not a habit. Yep. Yeah, right. That's just something we do on the side. Yeah, like if it's for an hour on a Sunday, then that's not who you are. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, that's that. so oh. good. I did think we did have a couple other thoughts because that, that last point of pastors was so good. I mean, we put so many things like, like idols is what you could say. Like, I know you talk about superstition, but then we were even talking about like, well, bad habits. What, what bad habits do I have that are hindering me from, you know, or I'm putting things make, maybe even to the point of making those habits, bad habits more important than actually, you know, my relationship. Yeah. And I mean, I just, we had different thoughts about Mm-hmm. Like you can go different routes with what pastor was talking about with that, which, which I always love the fact that you can go so many different ways and And it's worth exploring. It's worth figuring out. Like it's not, I don't know. When I was growing up, you didn't talk about what happened at church. You didn't Mm -hmm. talk about the message or the homily or that. You you just Mm -hmm. checked the box. I got that done. Now I can go watch the game. Let's get some PBR and watch (laughs) the game. You know, like as though it was just something I had to get done. Not something where I'm trying to make my life better. Mm -hmm. Right. But I just know that in my walk, I've seen the ways that my life has been enriched because my faith has been enriched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not always like with an extra paycheck or, you know, a fancier car, but I just know for sure that I feel more fulfilled in my life or I feel more satisfied with my life, even with the things that I had before. Yep. Yeah. That's not a prosperity issue as much as it is just right. like, oh my gosh, this is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah being, oh, yeah. being grateful and thankful. I mean, that's like, you know when you're first married, you dream about certain things that you're going to have or achieve or get Mm -hmm. this car or have this house. And it becomes less about all that stuff, you know, and it becomes more about being together and relationships and family, you know, yeah, we say health and yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm like, man, I would much rather like live with Jesus and have his have his blessing of, I guess, protection and health over our family than a bunch of money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, yeah. and and so we just don't count those material things as being anything, you know, worth. I mean, I yeah, know. you know, when you know it's from God, you're like so thankful for it. Yeah. You, no matter what it is, material, yep. whatever. But like knowing that you can be grateful and thankful when you're maybe not where you thought you would be, then you're like, okay, your relationship and your faith is growing. Yeah. And that, that should be the outcome. You should always be just thankful. Like every day, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this day. Like, thank you for who I got to talk to. Thank you for what I got to experience. And just thank you again for your grace and your love, no matter what else happened in that day. Yeah. Yeah. But it didn't only shake the city. It had a decisive effect on the young Christian church so much that many of the believers came and publicly confessed that after their conversion, they had continued dabbling in magic, that they hadn't broken clean. But in that moment, they decided to put an end to what they called their habits of darkness. And a number of those who had practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and they found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. That's 50,000 days of labor. The New Living Translation says the value of the books was several million dollars. It was finally the purge that their spirits needed. I feel like a lot of times when people think that they don't want to start coming to church or they don't want to start following Jesus or they don't want to become a Christian is because they don't, they're not ready to give up the things that they, that they're doing, Mm -hmm. right? They have too much enjoyment, Mm -hmm. right? How could I live without this? Or I don't want to give up that. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to, you know, think about the story you just said, you said about your dad, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
I got to get this all squared away, mm. you know, before I can go to church. Right. But, you know, all right, squared away. Yeah. yeah. I still like my stuff. Right. And I, I don't know your dad. I'm not trying to, but yeah, I feel like that's just, yeah, totally. you know, typical, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of people like, I don't want to give that stuff up, but Jesus never says, like the math is different. Yeah. Like he never says, or the steps are different. He never says, give up all your stuff, then come to me. I'll give you salvation. Yeah. Right. And then you go to heaven. Yeah. Right. It's like, come to me. Yep. I'll give you salvation. We can get rid of your stuff. And then you go to heaven. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even that's wrong. Like, come to me. I'll give you salvation. Promise you heaven. And then we'll get rid of your stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. you know, it's not like, a, it's not, it's a, I mean, it's, it's unconditional love on purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like got nothing to do with giving up your stuff. And what I found, not that my life is, is perfect because it's not, there's plenty that I do wrong. Like I get, I get angry too fast. I think I eat too much. I think, I mean, there's things I've got. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, but like, there's so much of stuff that I, that I thought that I didn't want to give up. They don't even mean anything to me anymore. My yeah. dark habits, right? Yeah. Like there's, have no meaning for me anymore. Yeah. So it wasn't like I had to like go cold turkey and oh, I'm on day eight of not right. you know, doing this or yep. whatever. Just like, ah, it's, just, it's not yeah. fulfilling yep. to me. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's not benefiting me at all. Yep. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's the Jesus journey. That's what happens on the walk. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you, and it's really hard to like coach someone through that. Right. Cause it's like until it happens to you. Cause you, yeah. When I remember being in college being like, Oh, well, you know, I really, I don't want to go that next step. Like I'll, I'll dabble. I was like a dabbler. Like I had friends that were prayer leaders in our, and all that stuff. But I also like to party on the weekend, you know? So like I lived that life mm-hmm. and it was like, Oh, well, I don't really want to give up that partying on the weekend. Like what would I do? Go sing worship songs. Like that's what yeah. I felt like. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yep. Cause partying is a lot more fun. I remember thinking that, but then it's like, I don't know. It's like you grow and you just start like, you know, reading the Bible, talking to Jesus more and without really even thinking about it, I didn't really want to go party anymore, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not saying sometimes you don't have to give up things intentionally because you do, but sometimes just as you grow and you learn and you read the Bible and you talk to the Lord, like God... The Holy it just, Spirit. It just isn't a yep. thing anymore. Yep. Yeah. The Holy Spirit keeps the Holy when you're getting in it, the Holy Spirit gets louder and louder. Like mm-hmm. to you. You can hear the Holy Spirit better and feel the Holy Spirit. Again, when I say hear, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is actually a audible. voice that you yeah. audible yeah. voice that you can but hear. Just, yeah. But you can you like you said, Jiminy Cricket, like there's yep. just like that little voice, but you're 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 sensing that a lot more and it gets clearer. But I think it what you were saying, like about people that are doing that we also as Jesus people can't like try to be nitpicky on people that are brand new to their faith. Like the main thing is seeing that they're hungry. Like he even talked about that. The pagans were coming here and they were hungry. They were hungry. It's like, that's what you want. Yeah. You want people coming in that are hungry. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we're like pointing out little things, especially when we know these people are either not Jesus people or they're brand new, we can't be doing that to them. We got to be like saying, okay, that's awesome. Or if they open up, you have a relationship with them. Then you can say, Hey, maybe that's something we need to, work on we need to help you with that or something but not make them feel bad about themselves because of it but hopefully you just you stay focused on the fact that they're growing in their faith then they're yeah they're they're not going to want to keep doing that how much more value does your friendship or your relationship with them have if your friendship with if gosh if you're friends with them regardless of where they're at right you know what i mean like 
Because what they would expect, going back to assumptions, is they would just assume that even if they did make a decision for Christ, until they prove that they're not a piece of crap anymore, mm-hmm. then no one's going to be their friend. Yep. So, like, mm-hmm. what if you were their friends even though they're a piece of crap? Right. Yep. Well, now you're, I mean, now that you're, I mean, what you have to say is worth so much more than yep. if you just sat in the pew on the other side of the aisle mm-hmm. and looked at them or pointed at them or condemned them. Yep. Right. You know? And I feel like Jesus was big on that idea. Yes. Like, hey, yeah. just shut your mouth for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like he said that a couple different ways at a couple different times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, planks and lumber. And, yep. It's a little you know, sliver. Yeah. Right. And you're specking your Judge nodding, yep. lest ye be judged yeah. and all these other things or drop the stones unless you feel like you don't have any sin. Yep. Right. You know, yeah. like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Like, yeah. We're going to just drop our stones for a second unless mm-hmm. you said. I've got a relationship with them yep. or if they ask me yep. or if like mm-hmm. I'm mentoring them or discipling them, yep. then yeah, for sure. Hey, yep. brother, you can't be that way to your wife anymore. You right. can't yes. be going out and doing this anymore. You can't, you know, whatever I can do to help you, I want to help you. Yep. Yeah. And I love you despite of it, yep. you know, but, but until then, until I've got that relationship. Mm. Yep. That's the key. Yep. yep. You yeah. don't. And to that point, what's it going to take to shock you into throwing those things out of your life? I mean, isn't a global pandemic enough? Isn't a global shutdown enough? Isn't the attack on everything that we believe enough to shock our system and tell us that we cannot live our lives with one foot in one side and one foot in the other any longer? I mean, it may not be witchcraft but what you're involved in may be just as harmful to you and your family. Like I wonder, is it gluttony or lust, greed or laziness, anger or pride, revenge or unforgiveness? So I don't know about you, I'm sure, I mean the global pandemic has affected everyone, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, for, for me personally, it's made me think so much about the big picture. Like what really matters? What's really important? It's made me I just look inward at myself and really mm-hmm. just analyze like how am I living day to day? What are the things that I'm doing that are, you know, on the right track and what do I need to do better? Yeah. You know? And so I mean I and I think about in that clip pastor says what are you doing that could be harmful to your family? And I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would say they want to do anything that's harmful to their family. Right. Yeah. Like I, 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 I hope I'm not, but I know that I do. Hmm. And that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that stinks. So then I'm like, okay, what are the things that I'm doing that are harmful to my family? And I think just with the pandemic, more time at home, all this stuff, what, I mean, you have to be thinking about that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of, it's easy to get distracted during this time. Like a lot of people, I mean, like there's so much, yeah, there's so much noise going on though because of this stuff that's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's everywhere. Politics, I mean, there's so much stuff, but it's it's easy to get sucked into that. So not letting the enemy let that noise be so loud. Mm. So like for ourselves and for myself, that's the thing I got to watch is not letting that noise be loud. Um, it's been nice to slow down Slowing down has been awesome because slowing down, I feel like that's when the spirit can do a lot of work in you, but you still have to be intentional. Like it's, it's still work every day. You got to stay on top of just getting your time with him or that noise gets too loud. So I know for me, like, or like what pastor said, having one foot in different things, I mean, that's, it's harmful to you and your family or the people you're around, but making sure you have both feet, both feet grounded. Mm Mm-hmm. So like, in. so like one foot in 
too much time on Instagram, right? Like all day. That's one foot in mm-hmm. trying to live. And then like, that's harmful to me and my family. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some like horrible thing. Like you said, some witchcraft or something like that. Right. It can be anything that's taking you away from him. Or harmful to your family. Yep. Me being on Instagram or socials, whatever, too much is harmful to me and my family. Yep. So why do I have one foot in there? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. noise. I, don't know. I feel like one of the ways that I've seen a lot of people of faith start straddling a line or keeping feet in both areas is as you mentioned to this noise, right? About like the political noise. Mm-hmm. Like, I still feel like if people know more about your politics than you do about your faith, mm-hmm. then you're just contributing to the noise. Mm. Yeah, that's good. You know, like, if I know for sure that you're this way or that way, or you're pro-mask or anti-mask, or you're, yeah. you know, pro-lives or anti-lives, or whatever it is, if I know more about that than I know about what Jesus Christ has done or what he's doing in your mm-hmm. life, then I feel like you got one foot in and one foot out, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that in this, in this noisy time, mm-hmm. The only noise that we should be contributing, right, is, you know, the goodness, the kindness, the love, and the promise and the hope of Jesus Christ. And anything less than that, you know, what are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. Because I'm a citizen of of the kingdom of God way before I'm a citizen of the United States or Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? Not that that I'm not proud to be American. I serve my country. My son served my country. My dad served my country. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that never, ever trumps my faith. Yeah. Yeah. And if that ever stands in the way of me being kind or understanding or gracious or loving towards my neighbor, mm-hmm. you know what? I'd rather, I'm, I'm going to side with Jesus before I'm going to side with yeah. red or blue or left or right or, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a, such a weird, ugly time right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so when I, when I, so when I think about this thing, well, what am I doing to harm the world or what am I doing mm-hmm. to, you know. I just feel like if I contributed to that, I'm just just another noisy gong yeah. Yeah. symbol yep. in that noise. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to let that go. I don't get involved in that at all. Yeah, you know, because I'm like, what am I going to change by being, you know? Oh, you've got to, you've got a right, you obligate. I really don't. I have an yeah. obligation to like love the Lord my God with my all my heart, mind, and soul. I have an obligation to love my neighbor mm-hmm. as myself, even the ones I don't like. Yeah. And I have an obligation to go into the nations and tell the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's, those are, those are my obligations. Yeah. Yep. Everything else is secondary. Yep. Yeah. Until I've done that, you know, then Mail. I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time to be political. I've, I haven't done these three things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, mm. Anyway. No, that's yeah. good. Listen, you guys, it was really great having you on today. I hope you guys will come back and do it again because I think that was fun. We should do one about your kid. Seriously, yeah. we'd love to. <laughs> Let's Seriously. do it. I forgot we even talked about that. Yeah, We've we been totally talking talk for so long. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. yes. Thanks, you guys, for joining Thank us for you. Chew on that. I'm glad that the birds were here. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with somebody you know that think might benefit from hearing some of these words. If you'd like, you can also subscribe to Chew on that on all your favorite excuse me, all of your favorite podcast platforms. So until next time, uh, we'll talk to you later. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. How is that even a sign off? <laughs> We're just silent. That doesn't even mean until anything. And that's the way their cookie crumbles. All right. Anyway, <laughs> that's from something. Bruce Almighty or something. Anchorman. Oh, Anchorman. It was Bruce. Yeah. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Right. Yes. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.